Greetings, welcome, and good day. You are now tuned into the 18th episode of the Season Bet Podcast. I'm so happy you could make it to another chapter of the show. This week, we're joined by another brilliant Black lady in STEM. In 1995, this information systems technician joined the U.S. Coast Guard after having lost interest in high school to get her GED. Later that year, she managed to score 100% on her military requirements test for E3 and E4. She, of course, quickly made rank and became a company commander a few years later in 1999. Since then, she's gone on to collect over two dozen medals and ribbons, a master's degree, and in 2017, she became the first black woman in her rate to achieve the rank of E9. She's a self-proclaimed nerd with a very unique service story. And that's why I'm calling this episode Unicorn in Uniform. Friend! Hey, hey, friend, how's it going? It's pretty good, pretty good. Nice, nice. It's a beautiful day in my neighborhood. I hope it's a beautiful day in yours as well. It is. I was just outside raking leaves. So yes, it's a beautiful autumn day. I love autumn. Wow, you were out doing work on this wonderful Sunday. Okay, good for you. Uh, (laughs) I was was in my kitchen earlier making a very mediocre cup of coffee. So, so this interview is going to be the best part of my day because that coffee was not. <laughs> oh my goodness! You got to get you a different brand. Look, it wasn't even the brand, friend. It was. Um, I have two uh, coffee pots. Uh, one very fancy one that was gifted to me when I left the service, uh, but it's in storage. And I have a regular coffee pot uh, that I normally do keep at home, but I took it to my job like last week because I spend more time there than I do at home. So like, why not have my coffee pot there? So when I went to go make coffee today, I was like, I don't have my coffee pot, but I do have filters and I do have coffee. Um, so let me go ahead and just like boil some water <laughs> and run it through. You need a f- yeah. Look, you need hey. French press. <laughs> Look, when you're addicted to coffee, you will find a way. <laughs> it sounds like it, yeah. Look, but I, I boiled that water. I pour, poured it over the grounds and the filter. And then I realized I don't have any sugar. And I always drink my coffee with sugar. And I was like, I'm, that's not going to stop me. I'm still going to have this coffee. Um, but I do have some syrup. <laughs> Look, I'm dedicated to the cause. <laughs> I'm dedicated. And I went ahead and like, I had some syrup, uh, some coffee syrup or whatever. I was like, that's plenty sweet. That's going to be more than enough sugar. Um, so I mixed it and it was awful. <laughs> this, this is the worst coffee I've ever made in my life. But you're awake. I'm, a, I'm awake and very uh, frustrated. <laughs> at myself. I'm frustrated at myself. <laughs> like. All that trouble for a bad cup of coffee. How dare I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is your connection to the service? Well, um, like, right now, mm-hmm. I am in the Coast Guard. Whoop, whoop. Um, I, if I could talk more about my connection, my mother was in the Army. Come on. Um, right after the Vietnam War. Um, after I was born, she went and joined the army. Nice. Um, and at the time what was really interesting is, uh, uh, my mother was joining at a time where they actually said you couldn't have kids. Um, but she was trying <laughs> to change her life. Um, and so she joined the army for like two years. I think you could only, you could, you could be in the army for that short period of time after Vietnam. And, um, she came out and came and got me and started off her life and was able to pay for college. 
My grandfather was in the Air Force. He was a lifer. Nice. Uh, my father was in the Air Force. His <laughs> father was in the Army. My <laughs> uncle was in the Marine Corps. So I could, you know, I go, I married somebody who was in the Coast Guard. So, yeah, I'm very connected to the service. Nice. Yo. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Sometimes I interview ladies and it turns out that they are the first uh, in their family, or at least the first woman in their family uh, to be a service member. And it's, it's shocking. And it's, this is a pleasant surprise to see that you're actually a legacy, like your mom started it. So your mother was the first yeah. woman in your family to be a part of the military? Uh, yeah, as far as I know, yeah. <laughs> she was in, yeah, she was in the army. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I love how short the contract was because that's enough time to make up your mind. <laughs> two years is plenty. <laughs> yeah, she did two years and she, she told me the army was a party. But she loved it. What? And then she got out and she went to school. So, yeah. I love this story. Yo, yeah. two years and she paid for college. I wish. <laughs> I don't know if she paid for all the college, but I think it gave her her start. It helped her start her life. Um, especially after having me and being a single mom. So, yeah. I love this. I, that's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> but you're the only Coast Guard woman in your family. So, whoop whoop to that. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, was the Coast Guard your first branch of service? Um, you know, it's so funny because when you wrote me the question, you said I could skip it if it wasn't my first choice. But I'm going to tell you this story anyway, <laughs> because my first choice was actually the Navy. What? And yes. <laughs> and maybe I'm going to go back a little bit and um, talk about how in high school I was a terrible student and wanted to spend my time doing everything else but going to school, even though I went to a specialized high school in Brooklyn. I went to Brooklyn Tech. You know um, what? You so, sounded like you were an up north person. I I never knew exactly yeah. where you were from, but I knew it wasn't the south. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, was, I like I said, I was a terrible student, and really? I decided I wasn't going to go to summer school one year. And little do I know, me skipping summer school was going to leave me back a year in high school. So what? with my bright ideas, I decided to. Um, leave high school and get a good enough diploma. So I, I got my GED <laughs> when I was probably, yeah, at the end of sophomore year, I was 16. And I got my uh, GED and I tried to join the Navy. And the Navy was like, because yeah, I didn't, you know, once I'm out of school, I'm like, what do I do now? Yeah. You know, yeah. I know that sounds very odd, but you know, I was a strange child. And uh the Navy was like, no, you don't have any college credits. Come back when you got some college credits. Wait, what? The, co the Navy of all branches needed college credit to, to enlist? They sure did. Yeah, this was, had to be 91. Yeah, they told me I needed college In the middle credits. of Desert Storm, they have the nerve to have standards? The Navy? <laughs> okay. You know, you know, I think what I thought about, in this whole thing, as I was thinking back, is it, 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 these things are lessons for me. So, you know, I couldn't, you know, shove off school. And so after getting my GED, I went back to school. I went to City College in New York, up in Manhattan, and um, I went to school for a while. And then after school, uh, 
I went to Tuskegee University. My mother helped me pay for Tuskegee. I didn't think about the military anymore. Wow. Um, and then my mother couldn't afford school anymore. And I was looking through the Essence magazine. I saw this article with Join the Coast Guard. It had this woman on the, you know, on the advertisement with sunglasses, and she was driving a boat. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do that because I couldn't afford school anymore, you know? Yeah. Um. So, and that's when I joined the Coast Guard and when I came back from Tuskegee. This so. is what? Look, I've met you. I know who you are. You don't seem like a ramp. You're not a rambunctious person. So when you say that you were a, a wild child or, or you dropped, got your good enough diploma, this yeah. doesn't sound like you. Wow. I'm, yeah, I'm blown away. Uh, you've, you've made a 180. Like, seriously, you are not who you used yeah. to be. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know if I was necessarily rambunctious. I just was. Oh, you just didn't like school. I you know, I'm stubborn, I'm driven, and at the time, I just wanted to play cards and hang out with my friends, and, you know, I just wasn't in the school, that's all. I don't know if I was, maybe I was rambunctious, I'm not sure, but yeah. You you so weren't, that, I, I promise you you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's how I joined the Coast Guard. Um, so I had my 30 credits, uh, more than that, and I... I joined the Coast Guard. I, I studied for my ASVAB. I went to the recruiter, and um, I was gone within 30 days. Wow. I had a girlfriend of mine who I called, and I was like, I'm joining the Coast Guard. You know, I'm back home, and I you know, I didn't really want to be home. I, I you know, had a job because, yeah. um, you know, I was trying to work to get back to school, and it was going nowhere. So I... You know, you made a move. Uh, yeah, made a move. My girlfriend said, wait for me. And I was like, nah, you got to hurry up. <laughs> she didn't come. So I left <laughs> within 30 days. Yeah. Did she ever end up joining? Uh, no, she did not. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you didn't she wait. That I, I, sh- I knew her. And if I would have waited, I'd have missed my opportunity. I would have missed my, you know, mm-hmm. you know how like, you, get, you get this uh, rush of, of motivation to do something, you get the drive behind it. And, yep. you know, it's kind of like working out. There's days you feel like working out and there's days you don't. And I wanted to go with the momentum. So, yeah, I left and went to boot camp. Wow. Yeah. I feel you. Okay. Yeah. What a story. So, how do you feel about your time in uniform? And does any particular time period stand out? I have, I know that I have AD, I have an ADD. And so, um, the job, it really, it, it, it helps me do something different all the time. Every three to four years, I'm doing something different. Okay. So, so this really works out for you. Yeah, this, this is, this is, a, this is a great opportunity for me. I've had three kids. I didn't have to pay a dime, a dime to have <laughs> my babies. Um, my husband, um, he had a point where he had, um, some problems with his feet. I didn't pay a dime for that. I love so that. very blessed. I've met some really great people. Um, I've grown a lot. Um, I've done more things than most of my friends that I grew up with. You know, my, my time in service has been very blessed. I feel very fortunate, and it's taught me a lot. Um, so, yeah, I, I have no regrets about um, my time in service. 
um, maybe wishing that I, you know, maybe gone to more, to like some more opportunities, but oh, my time in service has been very good. Right on. Uh, yeah, it's all of it. It's all of it. And, um, what is that word? Uh, an accumulation, you know, all of it, the cumulative effect of my career, my cumulative, uh, uh, of my career. That's not the right word. Um, an accumulation. Uh, yes, or my entire career. Inclusive. Uh, I would say if, if I would just if I would just use my whole career, it's been summation. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, there's a lot of words, like and I don't that. know most of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, been a, it's been a great experience for me, and I, you know, maybe I'm feeling that way because I'm moving toward the end. Um, but I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot in my career. So, yeah. I love that you have had a good time. I love that this has worked out very well for you. All right. Yeah. How do you think your experience could have been improved or could it? I think I could have, uh, attacked more opportunities. There are times where, um, I think maybe I was feeling a little bit demotivated or just, you know, not, not feeling like I was up to certain, um, opportunities when they came to me. And I wish I would have just went for it, regardless of how I was feeling at the time. Um, what other way could my experience have been improved? I, you know, All that's right. just it. I wish I would have taken advantage of a little bit more opportunity. Okay. Um, yeah. Right on. Okay. So there's nothing that anybody else could have done to have improved your time and service or improved your, uh, your experience of your time in service? You know, um, when, when I, you know, I really try to think about that, you know, is there something else that someone else could have done for me? Um, no, okay. no, I, I've, I've met some, I met some great people. Um, I have tried to surround myself with people who are either where I want to be, or, or are trying to get to a place that I want to be. Um, and I've really tried, I think a lesson that I've learned uh, once in my career is I can't allow someone to control the way I feel or what I'm going to do. And now let me give you an example of that. And I don't know if this will make sense once this is out, you know, playing on your podcast. Um, I remember... I was stationed at Land Area and, uh, in Hampton Roads. Now, those of you that are on Hampton Roads, <laughs> you'll remember the tunnels, and I can't remember which tunnel it was. I was going through, I believe it was the, uh, the, the tunnel uh, in downtown Portsmouth. Look, and the fact that you know so- the names of any of them, you are better than me because all of them are the tunnel to me. And well, I don't so differentiate. You're stationary. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So like, I didn't even driving. <laughs> girl. I didn't even realize there was exactly. more than one. Like I thought they was all the same. <laughs> girl, uh, seriously, they're awful. They're awful. That's that's just me being bad I... with geography, though. <laughs> like I didn't know it was more than one. I thought they were all the same. <laughs> I, I was I was driving through this tunnel. And uh, I uh, 
remember there was a woman that cut in front of me. Now you have to really understand the tunnel where you're sitting in the tunnel. You could be waiting 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And someone cut in front of me and I remember going ballistic, just ballistic in the car, yelling and saying everything I could in the car <laughs> about this lady that cut in front of me. And I looked down and I noticed I was in uniform. Ooh, and I remember thinking to myself, why in the world did you allow this one woman that cut in front of you to get you to act like that? Why in the world did you let her control you? And from then on, I really felt that no matter what anybody does to me, I can't allow them to control where I think I need to go. I can't allow them to control the way I feel or what I do or my actions. And so when you ask me that question, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when I've met people in my career that have been challenging, and let me tell you, there has been people that have been challenging. (laughs) um, I think to myself, you know, so one, what can I get out of this? Where do I want to go? And do I want to allow this person to be in control of where I go next, no matter who they are. And I think that is really what I've lived by, um, trying to maneuver myself, regardless of what happened to me, to get me to where um, I need to be. So, no. All right. Um, No. I've uh, really tried in my career to really to plan out, you know, getting further and further up that ladder and being where I wanted to be. So, yeah. I heard that. Heard that. Yeah. I love that. All right. Now, tell me about a time when you experienced something, either good or bad, that you know to be unique to you because you are a black woman. Okay. It can be good or bad. Like sometimes people do nice things for black ladies just because they know, you know, we got it bad. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 uh, I wrote this down because it was really important to me. And I was, I don't know if you knew this, but I used to push boots. I was a company commander for a period of time. Oh my God, I didn't know that. And now I'm scared of you. (laughs) Yo, no, once again, I've met you. You have a very calm demeanor. You have a very soft voice and y'all are the worst. (laughs) uh, You know, I don't know what in the world made me want to go be a company commander. Y'all are the silent killers. I wanted to teach people. I thought it would be fun. I thought it would be interesting. So, for who? You thought it'd be fun for who? <laughs> I know, right? I, say, I don't. I, you know, when I think about my, my past self, I'm wondering what was she doing. So, I um, you know, I just thought it would be a good thing. It'd be great. Um, it would, you know, help me with my my evals. It would get me to you know, step out of myself. And it actually did because I, I was more introverted than I am now. And it taught me how to teach and get in front of people and how that nervousness is something that it's important 
you know, it helps you. It, it, it builds you up to be able to do those things that you never thought you would do. And, and breaking those barriers is really good for you and good for your character. But anyway, um, so I'm a company commander. I'm a second class. Yes, I was a second class. I went there. Wow. And um, I saw this black captain, female, uh, come up the ladder well. And let me Wait, tell you. you saw a black lady captain when you were a second? Yes, ma'am. Do you know her yes, name? Yes, ma'am. That's a big deal. I mean, people don't. That think is that's a, big a big deal. deal yes, now, but that was a big deal back then to me because I had never seen one before. Look, ever, I can only ever, name ever, two. Ever. So, which one did you see? And we're probably no, not she, thinking about same. She was part of Navy. She was actually like a. She was a one of those uh, Navy doctors, but that had come to the Coast Guard and was a captain. I still hadn't gotcha. seen one before. Right. Right. And so that's a big deal. You're she, right. You're right. She walked in. I said, "Attention on deck," because I was so proud and. Uh, it was just really a defining moment for me because I'd never seen that yeah. ever. So I, I could tell she was kind of like, she wasn't annoyed, but she, she, I know she felt, you know, very self-conscious with me doing that. But I mean, I think that if I could tell her now, I would tell her, wow, it was, it was such a big deal for me to see that because it made me feel that, I could have an opportunity to move really, really high. Regardless, I didn't know in my mind that, you know, she wasn't really Coast Guard. She was a, a medical doctor, mm-hmm. but still. Right, I that's still a big that deal. As, yeah. So when I think of that, I think about when I was, I, I was a school chief. I don't know if, because we were in Alameda, but I, after I, I was in Alameda, I went up to Petaluma and I was a school chief for IT school, a job I had always wanted. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I was doing that. And when I first got there, I had all these ET students, female ET students come up to me and tell me how important it was for them to see another black woman or just a woman. I mean, I had females that weren't of color coming up to me, telling me how important that was. Um, to see a female in that type of role because you know a lot of us we don't go into you know we don't go into stem careers right so that's really important as well um i had an actual chief come up to me and tell me that when she used to work the front desk um people didn't think she was in it because especially young people because they didn't see a woman as an it when I started at the A school, she knew something was different because the students didn't naturally assume that she wasn't an IT anymore. So when I think nice. of some of the good things about being a black woman in the Coast Guard, and um, those are things I think about, how that is important to be able to see yourself. Um, representation means a lot, so. Oh my God, that was beautiful. I loved that story. I loved all those stories. Those were important. Oh. Not, not it's it's yeah. imp- it's important to hear, and it's it's wonderful to know. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I may, and I will absolutely sure. cut, and if I, I will absolutely cut this part out if it makes you uncomfortable, there is one other thing that I know that you've uh, that I know has happened to you because you are a black lady. A really really good thing. Um, once upon a time, there was a, a very important lady in the Coast Guard that passed named, uh, Angela McShan. 
And I believe, yep, I believe you and a lot of other black ladies went to the uh, commissioning ceremony of her, of her cutter. Uh, This was uh, a a couple of years back. Um, I saw that picture and it was important for me to see. It was beautiful. It was, I needed to see it. It was important. Um, so was it the master chief one or the, or the commander one? Uh, oh my God. There was, we did both. You, I, I think you did. Okay. I definitely saw the master chief one. That was, that was incredible to see. Cause I didn't know there was that many of y'all like for real, for real. <laughs> uh, yeah. but then I also saw the commander one. It was just nice to see all those. It was a splendid picture to look at. It was all these beautiful black women. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah, that should have been. Now that should have been an essence. <laughs> you know, my mother took that picture, um, even the one that I wasn't in, and she has it. Um, and the one with me in it, of course, she, you know, she has <laughs> coming up displayed. But she took that picture as well because, yeah, you know, people don't understand. That's a beautiful thing. It, it really is. is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How did. What was the vibe that day? And once again, I can cut this out. Um, it's all good. Um, what was the vibe that day? Just meeting those other uh, black, high-ranking black ladies. Because I know in your job and in any department, especially in the Coast Guard, you're not surrounded by that many black people and especially black women. Like, for the most part, you're kind of isolated. So how was that like to see all those uh, other people that looked like, like you? You know, it's kind of like, I don't know if if other people listening will understand this it's like when you go to the chiefs academy and then all of a sudden there's like 50 chiefs around and all of a sudden <laughs> you could just take take off all those layers and you could just be yourself um <laughs> and there's that again with that feeling and that sense of community um and what people don't know is the day before that we all went to dinner together so we all what? were around each other the day prior um so it was it was just really nice to see um, one that the Coast Guard was actually going to name a cutter after this woman mm-hmm. who had inspired and was able to make it to Master Chief. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just wonderful to see. And two, it was great to see like a room full of all of us because it wasn't just females that were there. I mean, people came and dusted off their hats. And <laughs> I, I saw an old captain that I was, a couple of old captains that I was stationed with that came out. So it wasn't just women that were there. It was a whole bunch of people that were there celebrating that. Um, and it was a really great time. It really was. I love that you experienced that. Love it. Yeah. I kept my poster. I'm looking forward to framing it when I have my knee room. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. All right. Now, when you brought complaints to your chain of command, and I'm sorry to kill the vibe like this. (laughs) This is the next question up. (laughs) I'm sorry to kill the vibe, but the next question up is, (laughs) when you brought complaints to your chain of command, do you feel that you were heard? Okay. You know, as you move further and further up, you recognize that complaints aren't helpful. Um, What's more helpful is um, advising, giving solutions. Um, So now, I mean, I think that I've been a chief a lot longer now, so I can, I could 
really talk about more recent times than, than when I was younger. Um, my, I have never had a bad experience advising the command um, or um, giving my impressions or um, what would be the right word, um, letting them know that certain things are going on. Um, now, if you're asking, because I think there's a difference between advising the command and giving a solution and the command deciding maybe that's not the best solution for them. Um, and that happens a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, especially now um, that, you know, I'm more senior, I understand that sometimes um, the solutions that we think might be the answer may not be the answer. And it's a lot more complicated than we know because we don't have all the pieces to the puzzle. And man, I never thought I would say something like that as an E5. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you that um, being more senior in the service, I understand that more. Um, that being a leader, it's not um, binary or black and white. It's a lot more shades. Um, there's a lot more um, nuances to that. Um, so if I'm going to talk about the last, how long was that? I mean, I made even, oh my God. <laughs> what, year, what year was Ronan born? 2007? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I had to bring up my son because that's how I, you know, I keep track. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I, I would say that advising the command, no, I haven't had an issue with that. I think bringing, when you say bring complaints, I just think that if that, and for your listeners, if that is what you're doing, then that is the first thing that you should change. Um what is that when you say, uh, I used to say this all the time and I'm getting old. What, don't bring me uh, problems, bring me solutions? <laughs> no, uh, no, constructive feedback is always welcome. Complaints, nah, not so much. I mean, I can complain about the food, but, uh, you know, I, if I don't have any solutions, uh, you know, maybe put a little bit of salt in it. I don't know. You know, it's not really helping me. So I, I, I think that it's really important that especially when it, when it comes to the command, um, that you, you might, uh, instead of making it a complaint, instead, uh, think about, and I say, write it down because that's just me and my, my brain. I usually write things down so that I could be able to explain things so that people can understand them. I'm not always very good when I'm very emotional with my words. Um, and really look at the problem by writing it down and see if you can find some solutions. And I think that uh, command is a lot more um, open to uh, to constructive feedback with solutions. Um, and I, I've never had an issue with that. Now, if you like, I said earlier. If now, if you're talking about whether or not I gave solutions and they actually, you know, decided to to use those solutions, that's something else. Um, and I, I will tell you that. Um, as as someone who's more senior and experiencing that, that sometimes those solutions really aren't the best solutions in that particular instance. Okay. And maybe sometimes it is, and maybe they decide they they you know a command decides they don't want to do it a particular way. And you know that sometimes that happens. 
But yeah, I've never had any issue. But also, it is worth noting, you've been a leader in the Coast Guard longer than you were not a leader, right? Uh, yeah, I did bring up 2007, didn't I? That's horrible. Good God. <laughs> so, that was a long time ago. So you made... Yeah. For, forgive me if I messed this one up. 2007, you, sure. made, you made chief, right? Or was that... Yeah, I did. All right. That, <laughs> okay. So 2007 was... Ooh, let's see. I'm going to say, fifth, is, is that 16 years ago? I'm real bad at Thank math. God. No, you're right, because my son is 16. Okay. So, yes, that is true. So you've spent, 2007. you have spent more time as a leader than you did as a non-leader. All right. Okay, I'm not good at public math. Okay. No, no, that's, that's true. neither, <laughs> look, neither am I. I I'm sitting right I'm in front of. I'm not very good at public math. I'm, I, think, I'm, I think you're totally right. Friend, I'm right in front of a computer with access to a calculator that I could have done this on. So, like, not only am I not good at math, I'm also just not good at pulling up uh, apps that could help me with math. <laughs> <laughs> I suffered through this math problem the old-fashioned way, and I didn't have to. <laughs> I think I'm more embarrassed about the time period, not, you know, not anything else. I'm more embarrassed about that. But, yeah. All right. Um, at the when you needed guidance and mentorship, were those resources provided for you or did you have to seek them out? I'm thinking. And I know you needed mentorship, Miss Good Enough Diploma. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Um, you know, I'm thinking that um, I had to seek them out. Um, when I first... When I became a petty officer, I was at the time a TC, um, and we just stood watches. So, man, did you say TC? That's I, not even a rate anymore. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I would find different people, like on my watch section, that would help me out. Or, um, oh, but just as, for the record, if you don't mind, what what does TC stand for? Oh, telecommunications specialist. Okay. <laughs> So, um, I always, you know, I had people help me. There's no way I would have made it through all these years without people helping me. And most of those people were not people of color that helped me out in my career, that helped uh, guide me or gave me advice. uh, Or maybe they were a personality that was really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of it was me seeking things out. I mean, as a TC, we saw a lot of the message traffic before everybody else back in the day. Now everyone can see it. But um, so I, I felt that, you know, when I wanted to be a CC I, I, or a company commander, I saw the message and I was like, hmm, that'll seem interesting. I mean, you think about a lot of things in, during a mid-watch when you want to do things like, wow, you know, I really like these computers, and I learned that when I was a TC. How how can I do more with computers? You know, I'm on a mid-watch. Well, maybe I could read these books about, you know, Windows NT and get more into computers, and maybe I can become a system administrator. Um, so a lot of those things I, I, you know, I wanted to do, so I, 
I don't know if that, that's the word, would you say like seek them out? Mm-hmm. Like I went out for that. Okay. Um, and then I would ask advice from people that I knew that were doing it. Oh, you're, you know, you work with computers. How'd you do that? Right. Um, it, it's not like now, like today I work at EPM4. EPM4 is about mentoring people and about helping people with their career and helping them figure out which direction they want to go for career growth and professional growth. There wasn't any of that when I was a second class. No, you, you used your chi for your first class is who you talk to. And I was on watch, so there wasn't anybody else around. There's no yeoman at work. <laughs> <laughs> You know, are you firing so, shots yeah. now? <laughs> no, I, but I mean, those are the people that, you know, you would ask questions of because, you know, when we got off a watch, you know, usually we go to see the yeoman. I really didn't see much of anybody else. We didn't go to chow. We stood watch. We, you know, so, yeah, I would think early in my career, um, I, you know, I was able to read message traffic and I looked for people who could help answer those questions. Okay. You were an active participant in finding your own mentorship. That's important. Yeah. You knew to do it. And, uh, yeah. you, you, and I, yeah. And you I found to ask people questions. that were around me. Yeah. Good. All right. I do love this next question. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have you been able to make friends with other Black Lady veterans? Are you purposeful about building your village? I liked this question. Um, <laughs> you liked because... it? You don't like it anymore? <laughs> no, I like this question. When I was younger, I would say early in my career, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And I think the, the friends that I made when I was between E3 and E6, I'm still friends with today. Good. Um, Good. I think as I moved up, it became a little bit harder. Um, I've been stationed in several different places. And as I looked around, there's not many of us. So when you do see somebody, um, of course, you know, you check in and make sure everything is all right with that person. Um, Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and see whether or not you can be each other's support system. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like, you know, within my career, I've made a village of people who are not of color. And, and it's not just because, you know, there wasn't a lot of black women around. It's just because being in the Coast Guard, there's just not as much opportunity opportunity and you have all these people around you with all these you know diverse thinking and because I like to think about that when I think of diversity I like Mm -hmm. I don't like to think about color or that kind of stuff because I think people forget there's also people that think just differently and I consider myself sort of like a nerd or a geek so when you find those people they're really important to 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 get those people in your life um, and learn from them. Right on. So. And just to add on to your, uh, geek comment, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, just. I'm okay with that. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Actually, to add on to the village part of this, uh, answer, um, you actually are a phenomenal village member. Not only did you get good village 
when you were making your way up the ranks, but you also are just, you're a good guidance for lower ranking people. Black women look to you. Like you already said, like when you were at, uh, uh, I think school chief, other women were looking to you and you were giving them answers. You were talking to them. You were giving them what they came to you for, but also you and I worked very closely. All right. We didn't work together, but we worked in the same building. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah. And I remember lightly mentioning that I was interested in a cybersecurity career. Friend, you gave me so many good links. You get, you hooked me up with, and like, I don't work in cybersecurity now, but a lot of the things that I learned from those links you gave me is useful right now in the career that I do use. Wow. Yeah. See? Your village. I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. But yeah, I think I think that's. Did you even remember giving me that information? No. No, no, and that's that's not even a bad thing. Like that just means you did it without even like it was second nature. You didn't think of it as a big deal. You probably do it a lot for a lot of people, and I'm just another person that benefited from your wealth of knowledge. No, I feel like that. That that's well for me. I don't know if you can you can tell by my career. I, I was a company commander. I I went to I was at a school as an instructor, as an IT instructor. I went back as the school chief. Right now I work in in career advising. That's just who I am. You know, that's who I am <laughs> as a person. I like I like talking to young people, regardless of who they are. I like getting their feedback and seeing what they're you know, what's on their mind? What are they thinking? Um, I like giving them advice. That's who I am. So I, you know, that's, and it's useful advice too. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome that I, that I, that I was able to help you. Absolutely. Even if it was that you didn't become, you know, you didn't go into computers Mm -hmm. even so, you know, no, but I still like the links that you gave me, the, the websites you put me onto, I still was able to use information from those sites in my current career. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm still grateful. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you. Now, if you don't mind, I sure. I would like for you to tell me a war story. A story where you were tested but came out on top. Now I want you to be oh the hero be the hero in your story. And if this is gonna be a company oh. commander story, I'm cutting it out. I'm kidding. <laughs> This is the question that I was like, man, I need a week to think about this. You don't, what, you were never tested? Come on. Well, I feel like, well, listen to everything I've told you. My whole, I I feel like since I came in the Coast Guard, I've been tested. Even trying to join the military. That's just, my path is about being tested and about understanding that, you know, it takes hard work. It takes preparation. Mm -hmm. It takes, um, as I tell my kids, you know. Sometimes it takes a little longer to get to where you want to be. You have to, you have to get the soil ready. You got to plant the seeds and then you have to wait for it to grow. And then the flowers come. It's not something that happens automatically or quickly. Um, you know, so I think my whole, you know, me getting my GD, me, uh, finally, you know, going back in the military, but, and I, I didn't add that. I've got my bachelor's degree. I ha- I have my master's degree in cybersecurity. So those, you know, this has all been building. And I think if I'm going to say my war story, my war story is just basically 
getting to where I needed to be and where I wanted to be, like being, what is that word? Being focused on that and not letting anything stop me from doing that, regardless of where I was at, I knew that I wanted to get my master's. I still focused on getting my master's. I knew that I wanted to try to be a school chief, so I worked on that. And of course, there's been times where um, I haven't gone to where I, I, I wanted to be or gotten where I wanted to be, but I think that um, those things in itself are blessings as well, and then you figure out what is the lesson in that particular instance or in that particular time in your life and you learn from that um and you keep moving forward so when i think of a war story there's no particular story in the coast guard where i have where i triumphed i think this is all a triumph for me um (laughs) and that's just that's that's just me i i really try hard as i said in the beginning to and i think i where that whole thing i got that from not letting other people affect my path Mm-hmm. was from, what is that book? Um, the Seven Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. <laughs> Seriously, it was, it was one of those things where you don't let those people affect who you are or what state you're going to be in. Right. Um, and you continue to go the direction that you are focused on. So, because I thought about this question. I want to tell you, I was talking <laughs> a, a particular time but honestly, I don't give, I try, I shouldn't say I don't give because I, I, I definitely have worked on it. I try not to give someone that much of my energy. I just don't. How can, and if the focus becomes back again to my path and where do I want to go and what I need to do. Okay. That didn't work. Now let's see if this does. Um, so I don't know if that answers anybody's question about a great war story. I just don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have one. My life is a war story. No. <laughs> Hello. <you> know? <laughs> I heard that. I heard it. But we're not going to glaze over the fact that you just told me that you are a master chief with two master's degrees. All right. Just one, but thank you. We are not glazing over one. that one now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, just one. You better like, get it. Gonna... I'm sorry, go ahead. You better get it. You better get it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think um I'm, I'm proud of those things. I feel like that's part of the part of my journey, you know. I'm proud of you. Don't we all proud of you, you now. <laughs> yeah. So that. Look, uh come on. And once again, I can cut this next part out if you want me to. But what you just told me is that you you went from having a G you still have a GED. All the way up to number one, E9. Number two, master's de- uh, degree. And number three, the first black woman in your rate to reach your rank. From a GED? Are you serious? Like, that's, that's, more, that's better than a war story. That's a, that's a testimony. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, and, you know, I think, I think that, that that's really important. Um, that you can learn from your mistakes, that you can move on and you can, I I don't like to say that, uh, you know, it wasn't easy. I'm not going to say that definitely wasn't. Um, but I, I I do believe that, um, that in itself to me was challenging. Um, and I feel like, you know, that that's kind of like, 
my, my achievement and I feel like I've done pretty well. If I leave the Coast Guard at this point with that, I'm, I'm, I'm doing really good. You did That's damn good. Really <laughs> yeah, you did yeah. very, very, very well. Kid me. You're a legend, all right? You're, you're, you're in Coast Guard history books now. Yeah. yeah. You did that. All right. Now, do you, as an E9, as someone who has achieved all the ranks, <laughs> mm-hmm. do you feel that the way you were treated has improved with rank? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, definitely, definitely. That, that, you know, um, there's some bad things about that um, as well, um, because you really have to be careful about um, what you say. Um, because, you know, as a person of rank, sometimes you can offend somebody and you don't know because people are being overly nice to you or being very respectful to you because of your 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 rank. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but like I said, I, I think that is a double-edged sword um, because you also really don't get the same honesty, I think, um, and as you heard before, I'm a first type of person. I want to know what's going on on the ground level. I want to know, you know, what people are feeling. I want to help people. Mm-hmm. That becomes a lot mm-hmm. more difficult the further up you go. Um, so, you know, that's a double-edged sword. But I feel like um, I can, being a master chief is really about influence um, and being able to influence change. And that's really important. Right that on. overrides the negatives of it. Right on. Now, do you feel that the improvement that you got with treatment would have happened sooner had you not been a black woman? If you were a different race and gender, do you feel like you would have been treated nicer sooner? What I feel is that As a woman, I think I've always had to kind of like prove myself in Mm -hmm. that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to say that I don't know the rank portion, but I definitely feel it's more difficult, especially in the STEM field, for people to actually believe that you're a good tech. Um, or that you're you're knowledgeable about something. So I think um, you feel, and I've known a lot of women that feel this way, that you feel like you have to know more. You know, you have to study more. Uh, so, and boy, do I you know if, master's degree? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I so I don't know whether or not um, it's a more of a master chief thing, or just more in general. Um, because even when I was younger, I, I, I think, or younger in service, I think that was something that was always challenging for me is, is I, I wanted people to know that, you know, hey, I could do it. I can, I'm, I'm good. I, I can figure this out. When, when I couldn't figure it out, because there's always those specific times as well, I, I wanted them to know it's just because I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I need help sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I respect all of that. Thank you for yeah. thank you for sharing that. 
Has there ever been a tough situation you were in where another sister helped you out? Or a situation where you were able oh, yeah. to help out another sister? <laughs> so. Come on, village. I, no, no, I, I'm thinking about this. And I got to tell you, I wrote some of this down so I can go back to it and see what I wrote. Um, so when I, when I left being a company commander, I went down to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, I was stationed down there. Mm-hmm. And I wore braids one day. I remember someone telling me, hey, you can't have those braids in. And, you know, at the time, I was first class, but I still, I didn't understand how important it is to um, know the, uh, know your resources and your regulations and your manuals and your references. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just learning that because um, I just made first class going down there. And I remember... There was a YNC in Cape May, and we never really spoke. I, let me just be honest. You know, I, I worked on the regiment. She, you know, worked in admin. She was a chief. I was a first. So, you know, there's there's that as well. You know, she was a chief, so I kind of, you know, very respectful distance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember I emailed her when I was a first, and I told her, you know, hey, I'm having some, some, some problems, some people say I can't have braids here but I know I can because I wore them in Cape May and I knew very well that if I couldn't wear braids they would have told me in Cape May mm-hmm. I couldn't wear braids absolutely so I uh I asked her and um she sent me this mass amount of references that I was able <laughs> to give to the command um because the truth is you know you would think um because I've always been stationed at pretty big units or at least a city you know, those places are, you know, are, are more in tune with some of the manual changes, but there's a lot of units that aren't. So <laughs> she was, she sent me all this stuff and I gave it to them and I walked around with my braids. And after that, I made sure I shined my boots more and made sure everybody understood that I, I was once at Cape May. So <laughs> I knew my regulations, <laughs> but I really didn't. I, I, I emailed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I emailed somebody to help me out. So, but yeah, I. Uh, well, good. You, you the got the help that, that you I needed. Really yeah, and I, that was really important to me. And it really, it it really brought out to me that we weren't friends or anything like that. But the fact that she helped me out, and I know she dug into some resources to really help me, was really taught me to pass that along um, when I was first class. Um, so yeah, um, have I helped other? I try to all the time. Um, and I can't tell you certain instances. I know that I've been a lot of mass reps. I've been, um, <laughs> I've been a lot of, you know, just speak to people about different things, give people advice. Um, there are people that are introduced to me, um, especially, you know, if they're, they're interested in seeing a senior senior black female if they're interested in seeing a senior senior female or if they're interested in it or or whatever (laughs) so you are every woman it's all in you (laughs) yeah um you know sometimes i mean even even myself you know um if i feel like i can't um explain things the way someone can understand it and there's somebody else that can that's a much better storyteller than I am or that's funny and that could you know then I you know I recommend that they speak to someone else sometimes that's just the right person for people to speak to Mm -hmm. um 
so yes, I've, I've definitely spoken to a lot of people and referred a lot, a lot of people. Um, so yeah. Okay. The part of that question that you definitely answered, you, you answered both parts beautifully and thank you. The second part uh, was, have you ever helped out an, or has there ever been a situation where you helped out another sister? You, yes. hold on, you slightly mentioned uh, that you've been a lot of masked reps and I just want to know how many black, <laughs> no, how many black women are getting masked because now I'm mad. <laughs> uh, uh-uh. uh, we not skating past that now. <laughs> You know, it hasn't been a lot, but I definitely... It feels like it's been enough. (laughs) And, you know, it's not just females. It's males, too. I've always offered. All right. Um, Yeah, I've always offered. I am uncomfortable knowing that. that I've had people that not of color when I was like a chief. So I've had a lot of different people, but I, I, you know, I've really tried to... um, Because... There's been times in my career where I feel that it, sometimes it's it's very difficult for black women to see themselves and to see themselves uh, being treated fairly. Um, and so, I, you know, a lot of times I volunteer myself so that, you know, I could make it easier um, and explain the situation better for people um, and represent them in a way um, that's respectful for them and the command. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I'll say about that. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you for sharing. I, appre- I appreciate the clarity because yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was over here hated. <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, I'm, ju- I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, I, I got I you. I only give advice. I help people when they're in trouble as well. I love um, it. I love it. Because that, that's important. That's important that each person know that regardless of if they're black or white, that those everything, this too shall pass. You get over your hump um, and you recover from it. You start, start that recovery process. Um, and I'm not the type of person to turn away from somebody um, just because they're going through a hard time. I think that each of us has our challenges. So. Wow. This is just a very quick tangent, a very quick side note. What I love about these, okay. what I love about these interviews, um, black women, especially in leadership roles, or actually just black women in general, when it comes to helping out other service members, other sisters, just other people in generous and other people in general, you're so generous with your time. You're so generous with your energy. You're so kind and so giving. Like you're so, you're so you're such a giver and I just I love that we give so freely our wisdom that we always are willing to we're always willing to pass that on and to share the knowledge share the the wisdom with others uh that may not have any other resource available like you may be that person that woman that service member's only resource you don't know but you're gonna help them out regardless so you just I love how generous we are with our uh, with our wisdom and our knowledge we don't, we yeah. don't hoard knowledge. <laughs> and I love that that's about true. us. Yeah, that's true. I love that. All right. Do you feel that you are a better leader than the ones you grew up under? You know what? Um, I'm not going to say I'm a better leader. I, I'm going to say that I think that each generation has their challenges. 
Um, and this is what I remember when I saw this question. Um, and I, you remember me saying that I became a chief in 2007. Mm-hmm. And when I first became a chief, um, I think, you know, I had, we had some salty people back then. Ooh, salts. <laughs> um, and a lot of them hadn't been around a female chief before, let alone a black female chief. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, now hold on. The things that was that salt or was that racism and misogyny? It was salt. Um, what? I, have, <laughs> I have a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend where I, they told her straight to her face. I don't believe women should be chiefs. Okay. So that, um, that is also misogyny. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm never, let me just be, be honest and for those people um, that are listening when you talk about one group of people I'm on alert because I know that I'm you know if you're definitely talking about women mm-hmm. I know that you're talking about black women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I think that you know that's really important that um, when you say something out of your mouth just be very careful what you say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna put that out there um, so yeah um, I, I, when I was younger, I got a lot of a chief is supposed to be blah, 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 blah. And, and we're not talking about a chief is supposed to have, um, honor, respect, devotion to duty, things like that. We're talking about a chief had very specific, uh, qualities that were sometimes very misogynistic, mm-hmm. um, um, quite. I don't know. Maybe you've 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 been I don't salt to your bones. I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to be you know uh, um, you know I'm trying to be very lighthearted here. So I think one of the things that um, I'm going to give people that were leaders before me a little grace. It was it was different then. Um, very very different. It's kind of like when. I have a favorite movie of mine. It's, it's with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can't remember. It's about Mars. Um, and Was it Total to Recall? Total Recall. Have you ever watched Total Recall today? I, I mean, not today, today, but like in recent years and as a child, yes. Remember the black character? Yes. Now, when I watch it now, I'm thinking, wow, that is some. Yep. Who, who in the world would let this man act like this? I, I would never, this is so derogatory toward black people. Yeah. That's just how I would feel, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. just the way he, the, it, who would do that? You are correct. Today. And I'm going to say that the same thing is for a lot of chiefs that were in that generation. You know, uh, there's been a lot of changes in the last, you know, in the last couple of years. And maybe it's not the last couple. Hey, you said I've been a chief last 16 years. It's been a lot of changes in the last 16 years. Um, so I'm going to say that I think that the definition of what a chief is has now become more diverse, has now become more open and wider because now there's different people that are becoming chiefs. And I, like I said, I'm not just talking about women of color. I'm not just talking about women, I'm talking about personality wise. And I think that, um, all those people are still chiefs. 
Um, we're, we all have uh, different personalities and characteristics, um, but we still have some common things in common. Um, if I'm going to use those old things, honor, respect, devotion to duty, leadership qualities. Um, so I would say that I'm going to give folks before me a little bit of grace um, because it was a different time. It really was a different time. And I'm, 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 I'm very hopeful um, that the Coast Guard will continue to be progressive and, and grow um, as far as, as leadership and expand. So, yeah, I don't want to say I'm a better leader. I'm just going to say it's different because probably there's some certain things that I'm going to say today in 20 years they're going to think is whack. So I am, um, I'm giving a little bit of grace. Do you feel that the people that work under you feel safe when they talk to you? I hope so. I know sometimes um, they might not feel safe because maybe what's on my collar. Um, but I hope so. I hope that I'm not making people feel alienated. Um, I can say that I probably not now. I mean, right now I, I you know, I have chiefs that, that are, um, that I work with that are part of my team. Um, but when I was in, in the A school, I, I, I would hope not that I hope that people feel like they can come talk to me about something. And if they can't come talk to me to at least have someone else that they feel comfortable talking to come talk to me about something that they have a concern with. So. Did you feel safe under your chain of command, under your previous chain of chain of commands? Like when you were in E4, E5, E6, did you feel comfortable going to them, talking to them if, if you had an issue? I felt comfortable talking to my first. So but I feel comfortable talking to my master chief. I did, but to a certain degree, no, because there's a certain level of respect and that you have. And also you're told follow the chain. So I never, uh, I never felt uncomfortable, but there was just a certain line that I didn't cross and certain things that I might tell my first, um, who hopefully if I was having issues would pass that up. Yeah. But no, I, I never felt uncomfortable talking to my master chief. Um, even back when I was a third, as a matter of fact, yeah, I, I think when I was a third, my master chief was a very gruff man who was actually he actually wrote code. And I think I talked to him about that. He made this, he was with this group of people that, uh, that wrote a game that was kind of like age of empires and I'm dating myself. So I remember talking to him about that. And I remember him telling me I should not be a company commander. <laughs> I ignored wow. him. So I did, you know, I, no, I didn't feel uncomfortable talking to them. No. All right. Are there any sisters in the service that inspire you? Past, present? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to bring this up because I have locks. And when really? I saw... Congratulations. Yes, ma'am. I didn't... I, yes, ma'am. Last time I saw you, you didn't have them. But congratulations. I bet they're very pretty. Well, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. But it, it's such a, 
a wonderful transition for me. And the first person I saw was Phaedra Hooker. And when I saw her, I was in awe. And I think I followed her around and just <laughs> stared. And I, I, uh, I went up to her and I was a master chief. Like, I, I, and she, was, <laughs> she was a badge. And uh, I remember asking her and I knew I was going to get my hair locked. When they said you could lock your hair, Mm-hmm. I was, I remember where I was. <laughs> I remember where I was. Uh, and I remember thinking I'm going to lock it. Wait, so do you remember me, what year it was? Years. It was recently. I remember I was stationed in Alameda. Was so it? You had to be there. Um, we did it not work. during a Coast Guard day. We? Someone showed it to me. You and I did not work we together in Alameda. <laughs> but if it was recent... Uh, was it maybe 2020-ish? Uh, one. 2020? All right. Yeah, one or two. Because I remember when it wasn't allowed. Right. I'm just going to use this opportunity to shout out uh, my first episode because that is the woman who wrote that um, instruction that allowed you to get locks. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? Thank you. I mean, it, it takes a village. I, it I does. appreciate that. Um, I feel very, very free. She's she's um, a smart, brilliant, and very uh, intuitive lady. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. All the way. All the way. Yes. I, I, I'll be honest with you because... It has really changed my world. I used to wear wigs all the time. And oh, no, no. I just wanted to be myself. You know? I love it. And it's so, I, I think it's just very freeing for me to, to wear my hair the way it's grown out of my head. It's just very freeing for me. So um, shout out to Phaedra Hooker. I don't know what you're doing, but I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> Captain um, Cunningham. Ooh, get I don't it. know if you remember her, um, but she was in... Um, she worked at old Tiscom, and um, so I remember her because she was in STEM. Nice. There's not a lot of us. You are correct. Uh, so you know, and of course, I have my friends, but those are the two that I can really think about. Um, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah, you, she, you keep in touch with them, sort of. Uh, or at least I just one. tried to friend. Uh, Captain Cunningham, I, I will see if she friends me back. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna put this episode in her inbox. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I, that I, she probably doesn't know who I am, but I remember people always talked about her, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know she was black until I saw her on Facebook. I didn't. No, I. I mean, it, it, it is that way for sometimes. A to be in STEM. It's something for a woman to be in STEM. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then to add that on, you're a woman of color, you're a black woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, I mean, that's great. Yeah. Um, that, like I said, representation matters because it makes people feel that, yes, even I can. And I think that that's really important. Mm-hmm. And it helps other people see that, yes, even they can. You right. Know, they don't put us in boxes. Because, you know, as humans, we love to put people in boxes. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's good so yeah, you... those are the two that I can think about. Um there's many, many more. Of but course. um those two were 
on my mind very quickly. I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> I'm gonna drop this episode in the inbox. <laughs> and Phaedra, because she was a um, she was a badge, and there there wasn't a lot of them. Phaedra. There wasn't a lot of them. All right. She's a gold badge. Yeah. Good for her. Big shot. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's say you were just starting your life out on your own and you were presented with the chance to join the service for the first time. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you know now, would you still join? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you heard my story. I look, I, oh, after this interview, I already knew where this was first. going. <laughs> I yeah, knew the, yeah. look, I knew the answer, but I had to ask anyways. <laughs> You heard, I said, I said, I'd probably try the Space Force first, but, you know. Nice. I, you know, I like computers. Nice. I, mean, that, you know, I love the Coast Guard. But, yeah, I'd probably <laughs> check out the Space Force. I mean, yeah, look at that opportunity. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I would, I would join the Coast Guard. Absolutely. I, I, I'm okay with my kids joining the Coast Guard. I think the Coast Guard, um, they try <laughs> to be very progressive and I, I I I give them that they try, and I, and you know there there's racism in the world. I think you know when you look at society in general, especially now, all of it is like all you know the covers are up, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you you see a lot of what's going on in society, and the military can't be separated from that. The people that are outside in the civilian sector now are the ones who join the Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. And my hope is that um, being in the Coast Guard, they work with people that don't look like them. Um, they work with women. Um, they work with people with different personalities. And they don't just, you know, I remember they used to say tolerance. It's not about tolerance. It's learning how to work with people. Um, it's it's learning how to appreciate the differences. And, about, and I always like to put the word synergy. About really understanding that our it's our differences that make us um, stronger, um, and how great ideas get out there. You're not going to get great ideas by having the same group of people with the same um, environment in one spot. It's about people from different um, places, different um, thoughts, um, making the the biggest impact. I think so. I don't even know if I answered your question, but that was just Absolutely. me rambling off. Nope. Ramble yeah. away. I loved the whole thing. We keeping it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a daughter or any, and I already know the answer to this one because you just answered it, but it's a part of the, it's part of the lineup. Okay. <laughs> if you had a daughter or any impressionable young black girl in your life that you cared about and she was considering joining a life in the military, would you try to talk her out of joining? No. No. Now I would call her and ask her what's going on. I mean, I'm gonna I wanna know. I wanna know why you wanna join the military. (laughs) Well more of uh, you know, what are you experiencing? Is somebody bothering you? Are you feeling like things are unfair? Then I yeah, I wanna talk to her about it. Um because I'm gonna help my little girl out. Right on. You know, I right on I, I think, you know, there is is um there's a process for that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, but I would never talk them out. I just think, um, some of the benefits are just, there's so many benefits. 
And I think it teaches people how to, um, you know, I hear this thing like called, you know, called adulting. <laughs> kids talk about that. Yes. Um, and I think that it teaches people how to be independent and how to be on their own. It's like a little booster chair. <laughs> gives you a little, gives you, gives you some skills so you can get out there and, and be able to take care of yourself. And and be able to move to a new environment. Right. Um, so yeah, nah, I would. There's so many experiences to be had. You're... Why in the world would you want to stay here? Don't stay here. Right I'm on. staying here because I'm retiring. <laughs> you go out into the world. You go out into the world and figure out where you belong. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, no. Nah. Recruitment and retention is down across all the branches and with all demographics. Black women are not excluded from that. This was true even before the pandemic. Why do you think black women are so disinterested in joining the military? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will say that um, I, I actually looked at the RAND study, and the RAND study actually says when black women join, they actually stay longer than um, any other underrepresented minority. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know why black women, uh, why initially they don't join. Um, I feel like um, I was just in California. Um, and I was talking to my son, and I actually brought my son up and his friend up to the, the A school once. And I think speaking from their perspective, they had a different perspective of the military. Um, they thought it was all about, I don't know, maybe yelling all day long, and you had to be in your uniform 24-7. Um, I, I don't. You know, I, I think maybe people have the wrong perception of what the military is like. Um, and it could be difficult for some people to move and to um, go to different places and reacclimate themselves every four to five years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Um, would I recommend it for black women? Yeah, I would. Now, I'm not saying specifically <laughs> the Coast Guard. Um, because the Coast Guard doesn't have um, a high percentage of underrepresented minorities in the Coast Guard, but the Army sure does have a lot of minorities, Mm -hmm. or the Marine Corps, Mm -hmm. or the Air Force. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying, and, you know, sometimes the military isn't for everybody. I'm not, I'm definitely not pushing the military on people that, that don't feel like this would be a great lifestyle for them. Um, but I would definitely, uh, any, any person I meet, I think that's the first thing out of my mouth, even for my family, um, <laughs> one of my cousins, I, you know, I talk about it. Um, he's not a female, um, but <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely talk about it. It's, it's, it's just that, I, like I said, I think it's the perception of the lifestyle, Okay. And they feel like they're more free at, you know, living the life that they live. Mm-hmm. So I can't fault them for that. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. That 
look, there was no wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I sorry. I let me let me you. take okay. that back. There was no right answer, no wrong answer. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can't fault people for not wanting to join. Right on. <laughs> if you yeah. were if you were conducting this interview from where I'm sitting, what question would you have asked you that I did not? I would have. Go ahead. I would have seen. I, I was ready for this question. See, I wrote this down. Look, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. I would have asked me, "What's your favorite movie?" Man, come I mean, on. I, that's I know, a good icebreaker. I know uh, it's not Total Recall. Me, it's not, uh, but I do like science fiction movies. So it's like I put The Matrix. Okay. Um, I yeah, or if you read any good books lately. Um, <laughs> Have you? Those are the only two questions I would ask. Friend, have you read any good books lately? Uh, actually, yes, I have. <laughs> um, I actually read a lot of audio books on my commute home, and I, I, I read a lot of books. Um, so right now I'm, I'm, I'm reading The Alchemist, which I love. Oh, get um, it. All right. Do you, have you read that? I think it's by Paul I can't pronounce this last I name. I have so heard I about see. it. I've not heard anything a, bad about it. I do want to get into it, though. Listen to it on audiobook. It's awesome. Um, this is the second time I'm listening to it. I, you know, I also love, I don't know if you saw the movie on Apple's uh, Silo, but the book was, mwah, it was great. Um, Silo? What's that about? Called, um, it's kind of like dystopian. Okay. Um, it's called Wool. And what it's about, uh, you know, the end of the, maybe I should say the end of the world, but basically, and all the humans are, you know, they have to stay within these silos under the ground for 500 years what? until the earth <laughs> or the, the atmosphere uh, is, is clean enough for them to come outside. Um, yes, I am a nerd. Wow. I did watch Star Trek all the time. Um, <laughs> So yeah, Star Trek. Those Are you also into Star Wars? <laughs> a little, but not really. Oh, you're a Star Trekkie, Trek, but not okay. Yes, I've seen all. Well, yeah. Last night, while I was freaking doing laundry, I watched <laughs> Deep Space Nine. Nice. Um, so yeah, I uh, I love Star Trek. Look, so I tried to get into Star Trek. I tried. Because it was on Netflix, and I think it still is. I, I wanted to start like from the very beginning, so that I would, you know, be able to have coherent conversations with people like you. <laughs> Do you mean like the one from the sixties? Absolutely, yes, the one with uh oh god, Nichelle Nichols. Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. What I, you I didn't see wait, from now? You didn't you see that? Start with that. Wait. So don't start with the beginning. What? <laughs> No, what? no, no. I, I love the ones with Captain Kirk. I mean, yeah. they were groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, they were cute. Start with like Next Generation for you. Start Next Generation? Yeah. Look, you want me to start the Next Generation without knowing the first generation? <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, they, I mean, they've had before that generation, before Kirk. I mean, now they have the one with, uh, my gosh, I, I'm ashamed of myself. I can't remember... Who it was that gave Captain Kirk a chance, and he now he has a show, and it's brand new. It's called Something Worlds. I just watched it. Oh, I know what you should watch, and this should be off. You don't have to to record this. <laughs> I will I will text it to you, and it's about um, 
uh, a black female commander. And I forgot the name of the damn show, which I should, I just know the Star Treks. And that is what? epic. Star you know Trek has a black lady commander? Yes, ma'am. And now I want to yes. see it. Now I'm, yes, now I'm invested. <laughs> yes. I'm going to send it to you, send you the name of it. And if you, if you see it, check it out. It's a great storyline. I love good storylines. Delicious storyline. Um, and you'll love it. I, I already love it. A, a black lady commander. I'm going to eat it up. Thank you. you will. <laughs> oh man. Um, now, is there anything you would like to leave our audience with? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Well, I think that um, if you, if anything, I just I would like to to tell people that um, nothing is overnight. I think um, a lot of times, especially now, when you you know you have your phones and um, everything is instant. You know, um, but when you're going after a goal, understand that things don't happen overnight. I'm going to tell my kids that a lot. But it's a really about, you know, getting the soil ready, planting the seeds. I think we, I've, I've said this before, um, and waiting for those things to grow. And each beautiful flower grows at its own pace, but it still grows. Um, and so when you want to get somewhere, think about that. Um, when you have goals, think about that. And I'll be patient and keep working toward it. And that's what I would say. Come on. A gardener. I love it. Not really. <laughs> I'm not really a gardener. I try. You just I gave suck. me a garden metaphor. You a gardener know, compared to but, me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 I actually suck. And <laughs> the reason why is because... The reason why I say that, and this is what when you talked about your war story, yes. it's because... That is my lesson in life, to learn patience, to learn, you know, even leaving high school, learning that everything needs a foundation and you need to build up on it to get to where you need to be. Nothing happens overnight. And I think that is like my life, my life challenge of, of learning that. So that's what I would pass to everyone. If you don't learn anything else from this <laughs> podcast for, with me, then I would think, you know, just get that. Um, and you'll be, you'll be all right. I love that. Thank you so much. You have dropped an hour and a half worth of gems. Um, you've dropped a wealth of knowledge. You've given great stories. I just, I'm very appreciative that you would even sit down and have this conversation with me. So like, thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy and thank you for your, your stories. Um, thank you for asking me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I, I, I really appreciate it. Um, I think this is, uh, this is awesome and hopefully it'll reach a lot of people and help people. And, um, or maybe somebody will see me sitting at my desk at headquarters and they listen to this. <laughs> oh, bye. Say hi. Yeah. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. Come on by my cube. <laughs> Oh, oh, you got a cubicle? And you an E9? Everybody's got it. Everyone's got a cubicle. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I don't care about having a cubicle. I'm, I'm, I'm at headquarters, so I'm good. That's what's... My, my family's happy. Cubes, whatever. That's what's up. I'm at an office. It ain't all that. <laughs>
cubicle or not, you about to have a DD two fourteen. Soon, yes, yes, I love ma'am. it. I love um, it. Definitely, that's what's up. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, are we done recording? I'm gonna end us real quick. Um, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. It was wonderful talking to you all. And bye now. And that concludes this episode of the Season Vet Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And a special thank you to the Master Chief for sharing her story and taking the time to make this interview possible. Now, if you are or know a Black Lady veteran who would like to sit down with me and be a part of the show, please email me at seasonvetpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call or text message me at 713-254-0970. You can also find, follow, and inbox me, the Season Vet, across all platforms of social media. At Real Season Vet on Twitter. At Season Vet Podcast on Instagram. At Season Vet Podcast on TikTok. At Season Vet on YouTube. Season Vet on Facebook. Y'all, I'm so out there, I'm even on Spoutable. That's at the Season Vet on Spoutable. Now, if you like what you heard, Please like it, share it, rate it, and leave a good review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And if you're hearing this episode on the day that it drops, then you're listening to it on February 19th, 2024. Today's the 82nd anniversary of the Tuskegee Airmen being initiated into the U.S. Armed Services. Today is also the 84th birthday of the Grammy Award-winning Motown legend, William Smokey Robinson Jr., Today is also the 57th birthday of model and Real Housewife of Atlanta star, Cynthia Bailey. Thank you again for tuning in. And until next time, fall out. <laughs>